to stand. Some of you have been seated for a pretty good while. The book of Lamentations, uh, chapter number three. Now, this book is really an eyewitness account of what was going on in Babylon and the Babylonians' destruction of the uh, city of Jerusalem. And the root word for lamentations is lament. And uh, that means a, a loud expression of despair or hopelessness or humiliation over what had been lost. And so the writer of the book of Lamentations is writing to people who are lamenting. They're in despair. Uh, and what I'm going to read is actually the key passage to this whole book. And I'm going to read three verses out of Lamentations in chapter number 3. We're going to start verse number uh, 21. Now, verse number 21, whether it's pertaining to what has been written above or what's going to be written below, I think it'll help us this morning. Luke chapter, I'm sorry, Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 21. He said, this I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is the Lord, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. There are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Thank you. You can be seated. There's a story of uh, two gentlemen that were at a university and these two students had got in an argument about the existence of God and they were de debating about whether God was real and whether he was the creator or uh, not real. And uh, one of the students was a fervent atheist uh, which if you'll talk to EMTs, they'll tell you they've never met an atheist because I promise you uh, when you're about to cross over and you're about to taste death, uh, you will believe in God, I promise you that. But this self-professed atheist said, well, if there is a God, then may he prove himself by striking me dead right now. And uh, nothing happened, and he responded to the other guy. He said, you see there? He said, there is no God. And the second student replied, he said, you've not proven that there is no God. All you've done is proven that God is merciful, amen? And that he is merciful. Verse number 21, he said, I recall to my mind. And uh, that word recall there, it means to cause or return or bring back to heart or bring back to mind or restore. So here are these people, they're in bondage to the Babylonians and they're lamenting, they're crying out, they're in despair, they're discouraged and uh, they need some restoration. I, I, uh, if you've got a computer and I, I don't hardly know how to do it, I know, I know enough to uh, probably be dangerous, but if you've got a computer, there's been times where I've been working on messages and I'll forget to save it or maybe not plug the cord in and it'll go out. And I thank God for restoration. When, when it comes up, do you want to save this uh, document? And uh, you'll get in a hurry and say no and then it's gone, whatever. Thank God for being able to restore something that you've been working on. And I've done that many, many times. And you don't appreciate the restoration until you think that it's gone, until you don't believe there's any hope in getting it back. So here's what he said. He said, I recall or I want to restore some things in my mind. And here's what he said. He said, I want to restore this, that there is mercy with God. And I want to preach a little bit this morning on being mindful of God's mercy. What got him through in the land of Babylon was he was mindful of God's mercy. What he wanted to exhort the people about is to be mindful of God's mercy. You may be having a tough time this morning, but I tell you it's a whole lot better now than where, it's, where you should be this morning. 
And it's nowhere near now as good as it's going to be one of these days. And we need to be mindful this morning of the mercy of God. And the Bible said this, that it is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. And there's been times in our life, I think, where we kind of get in a rut. We forget where God has brought us from. The writer said you need to be mindful of God's mercy. Now, mercy is God not giving us uh, what we deserve. And you think about that. If you're down today, think about what God has done in your life. Uh, think about what the Lord is doing in your life. And I'll say this this morning. If you're here and you've, if you've not reached an age of understanding, we obviously have children here that have not reached an age of understanding. But other than those children who have not reached that age of understanding as of yet, there are only two groups in here today. There are saved people and there are lost people. There are people who are going to heaven and there are people who are not going to heaven. There are only two groups, the saved and the lost. Those who are heaven bound are those who are going to hell. But the Bible said in Ephesians chapter number two and verse one, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sin. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. He said, among whom all we had our conversation in time past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But then he said, but God, who is rich in mercy. He has mercy for you this morning if you're not saved. He's got mercy for us this morning if we are saved, amen? Without mercy, we could never go to a holy God. But because of God's mercy, we can do that this morning. But when we were yet sinners, I mean with no hope in this world, uh, there came mercy calling and we did not get justice. People say, well, you know, God's not fair about this and God hadn't been fair about this with me. You don't want fairness today, amen? You don't want justice. You want mercy. And we need to be mindful of the mercy of God. And even though they're in the, the midst of an ungodly people in Babylon, they're in God's mind. Even they are God God's people in Babylon, even though the Babylonians are putting them in bondage, God is still working in their life. God's still working even in Babylon. And I'm telling you, God is still working in 2023 in the United States of America. They can have 15, 20 votes, ever how many votes they try to get to try to get a new speaker of the house. Thank God I'm glad I know the house. Amen. I'm glad I'm going to the house. I'm glad I know the housekeeper, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. He's building us a mansion and he is in charge and I'm glad that I know the one that's calling to the shots and you don't have to vote. You don't have to try to swing a deal. You don't have to try to strike up something that both sides can live with. All I can say is I can live with Jesus today. I can live with him on this earth in Babylon if you will and still have mercy to help us and encourage us in these days. God is still working and the writer of the book of Lamentation said I want you to know you may be in despair and you may be discouraged, but God still has mercy and he's still working. First of all, I want you to look at the foundation of mercy. The Bible said it is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. Every one of us in here need mercy. And do you know what makes us serve God? What makes you serve the Lord ought to be the mercy of God. Romans 12, 2 said, I beseech you therefore, brethren,
brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I tell you what, what I do this morning, I, I don't want to go out in this world and I don't want to go out and do the things that the world does, not because I'm trying to impress somebody. It is where I know that where I should be this morning and that is in hell when my back broke. But it was the mercies of God. And Paul said, because of the mercies of God. That's why you ought to present your body of living sacrifice. That's why you ought to live for Jesus because of the mercy that he has bestowed upon us. Hey, you think about this. If you need water, praise God, you go to the water source. If you need some water, you'll go to the well. Well, if you need mercy, you go to the one that's got it, and that is God. You know, the Bible calls him in 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 3, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. Amen? Psalm 31 and verse 7. He said, I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble, thou hast known my soul in adversity. I tell you, mercy, God's mercy this morning is not based on what we are or who we are or what we've done or what we've not done. It's based on the character of God. It's based on the knowledge of God. It's based on the integrity of God. And God is a merciful God. Amen. You need to think about that. We need to be mindful of God's mercy. It was mercy that was provided. In the Old Testament economy, the mercy seat was the cover of the lid of the Ark of the Covenant that symbolized God's presence and God's pardon. And the blood of the temple sacrifice was sprinkled there on that mercy seat, securing atonement for the sins of the whole nation. And the mercy seat in the Old Testament and the cross of Calvary in the New Testament correspond. They're one and the same, if you want to put it that way. Uh, as far as places are concerned, they provided mercy. Both were necessary. In the Old Testament, the blood had to be shed. In the New Testament, the blood has to be shed. But aren't you glad the blood was shed at the cross of Calvary and now rests on the mercy seat today? We need to be mindful of that, that the blood is still there and Jesus still forgives and the cross is still saved and salvation is still real and God is still good and his mercy will be forever lasting. It is provided. Psalm 85 verse 10 said mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Mercy and truth had a meeting one day at the cross of Calvary and Jesus died in the place of those who are guilty this morning. The innocent dying for the guilty and there was a meeting at the cross and thank God we can be reconciled through that cross and have fellowship with God. It was the mercy of God, someone said, that gave us the cross, not the cross that gave us mercy. That's pretty good, amen? I thought about that song, Brother Joe, that we used to sing years ago. Mercy, mercy, God's loving mercy who saved both you and me. If, it were, if, it were, if we had gotten justice, we would surely be lost, but we found mercy when we nailed at the cross, amen? God's mercy, it is provided. God's mercy is practical. It's not a hypothetical mercy. It's not something that is invisible. It's not just a sentimental thing. Praise God, his mercy is real. That's right. The mercy of God can be seen. The mercy of God can be held. The mercy of God can be viewed. I'll say it this way. You can take mercy, mercy to the nursery. I'm gonna say that again. You can take mercy to the nursery. You say, what you talking about? Luke 1 and verse 76. 
said, and thou child shalt be called the prophet of the highest. It's talking about John the Baptist. said, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. Verse 78 said, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. And now here is Elizabeth and she is magnifying God for his mercy. And she said, it is the Lord's mercy that gave us John the Baptist. He said, through the tender mercy of God. Here she are, she's, she's past her age and here uh, she is and she's done gone past that shit. No way she's gonna be able to have children but God came and God gave her a boy and she said it was nothing but the mercy of God. I tell you every time that John the Baptist cried, it wouldn't be the first time, that wouldn't be the last time he cried but no doubt he cried like a baby and here's Elizabeth. She didn't let the crying get on her nerves said you know why? Because every time I hear him cry, I think about the mercy of God. Every time I go in there and cuddle him, I think about the mercy of God. Every time I go in there and clean him up, I think about the mercy of God. Every time I holler at my husband and say, go in there and change that diaper, I think about the mercy of God. She said, it's nothing but mercy that I have this little baby in my arm. I'm telling you this morning, it is nothing but the mercy of God. If you are here this morning, that's enough mercy to shout about. Amen. I mean, it is the mercy of God. It's something that's tangible, son. It's something that is real. It is something that is real to us this morning, not just a, something to get sentimental about. I mean, listen, you, you can watch old yeller and get some, uh, sentimental. Uh, you can cry like a baby when something like that happens. I mean, listen, if you're Scottish and you hear the bagpipes, Lenny, it'll make you feel real good. <laughs> Sometimes I get to cry and I hope y'all don't think I'm a baby. I'm just Scottish, amen? It just runs deep. In the Sutherland bones, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but I tell you, when I listen, uh, you may cry over different things. I'm not talking about getting sentimental. I'm talking about being mindful of the mercy of God, uh, that God's had mercy on you, uh, that God's had mercy on us this morning. Amen? Need to be mindful of that. It is practical. When you talk to people and you hear about what's going on in their life, you say, you know what? God gave me a job and I wasn't even praying about a new one. And God gave me a bigger job, a better job, a better paying job where I'd be able to be here uh, during services. Hey, that's the mercy of God, friend. You ought to rejoice in that. When somebody's talking about, you know what? Uh, I'm going through this in my life or, or God did this for me. That is the mercy of God and we rejoice in that this morning. It is plentiful mercy. It said, the mercies of God, they are new. Every one of us need mercy this morning, amen? That's exactly right. I thought about this. When, when, if, you've, if you've ever watched this, if you've ever watched it, when you watch A Wonderful Lie, you notice where they run out of money down there at the bank. I mean, they, they, they just run out, and they try to strike, strike a deal, and that old bad fella on the other side of town, which I can't think of what his name is, but anyway, they run out of money. They're at the bank, and so they're trying to figure out what they're gonna do because they ran out of resources. Everybody today, they worry about running out. They're talking about the gas shortage and the food shortage, but it, looked like we, it looks like we got a food shortage in this church, don't I mean, but we're running really, really thin, uh, not on food. That's all I can tell you. People talking about gas shortage and food shortage. 
shortage and power shortage. Well, honey, you don't ever have to worry about God having a shortage of mercy. He's got as much mercy now that he's always had. Praise God, he is the originator and it is plentiful mercy. Psalm 86 and verse 15. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion, gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy. And I like this. He said it's the mercy of the Lord, the Lord's mercies, that we are not consumed. I tell you, it's the mercy of God that we are gathered together this morning at Concord Baptist Church and we have fellowship one with another and we look out across this crowd and we begin to think about where God's brought us from. I remember when some of you got here and I remember where God's brought you from. I can see the mercy of God working in your life. It is the mercy of God. We had a good year, 2022, and I don't know what's gonna happen in 2023, but I'm telling you, mercy will still be available. Mercy will still be plentiful. Mercy will still, we'll still be able to get our hands on the mercy of God. It don't matter if gravy goes to $5 a sob. It don't matter, listen, if everybody's tore up about the Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, Bernie Madoff and all that kind of stuff, he may have made off with some people's money, but you won't make off with the mercy of God. He's got plenty of it. He never runs out. When you think you got enough mercy, he'll just give you some more. It's just like that woman in the in the first Kings chapter 17. She got to the bottom of the barrel and every time she went to the barrel, there was enough mercy for another day. There was enough mercy for the trial. I'm telling you, God's got mercy to help us this morning. We need to be mindful of that. The writer said being mindful of the mercy of God. I'm glad that it's for everybody, but the mercy of God is personal. It's personal. Amen? It said we are not consumed, but then he said in Psalm 86, 13, for great is thy mercy toward me, for thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. I'm glad God showed you mercy. I mean, listen, I, I think about the testimonies of some people in this building how, man, you didn't know nothing about God, nothing about church. Somebody told you about Jesus, you got saved. Now you're in church and now you're raising your children in church. And some of their children are now raising their children in church. That's the mercy of God that came to where we were and rescued our life and changed us. That is nothing but the mercy of God. But aren't you glad there's, there's enough mercy today? Not just for you. There's enough mercy for your family. There's enough mercy for your offspring. There's enough mercy for your grandbabies. There's enough mercy for the heathen. There's enough mercy for the hellbound. Thank God there's enough mercy to go around for everybody. Amen. There is enough mercy. As a matter of fact, there's enough mercy to take us all the way to the house. Psalm 23 and verse 6 said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You say, Brother Randy, I battle with paranoia. I always feel like somebody's following me. Well, if you're saved, they are. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy. That's exactly right. That's right. Surely, Croft is here. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. But that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about surely or truly, goodness and mercy have been following me all the days of my life. I'm telling you, when you was out there on the road, it was mercy that was following you. The angels were ahead of you and mercy was behind you. Mercy was protecting you. Mercy was shielding you. Mercy was guarding you. I'm telling you, God's mercy that saved us is the same mercy that can sustain us. It's the same mercy that can bless us today. We need to be mindful of that. Even though we're living in spiritual Babylon, 
Even though we're living in an area where we're strange people, living in a strange land, I'm glad it's personal. Amen? Because it is personal. And because God is a merciful God, he's opposed to people who lack mercy. Now, just because you preach standards and just because you tell people, here's what the Bible says about how you look, how you talk, how you're supposed to speak, how you're supposed to dress, just because you do that and because you show people in the Bible what it says doesn't mean that, the, that we're to be unmerciful. Because I tell you this, as much as I do remember, I've been here 25 years, I remember what I look like when I came in this church. I remember what I looked like when I went to Tilton Baptist Church that Monday night. I mean, listen, I hadn't even had a haircut. And you think I look bad this morning, amen. You ought to see me that night. But you know what? I just went in there, and I mean, can y'all picture me? I, 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 think, I, still had, I think I still had my goatee. I still, still think I may have had my sideburns, or I can't remember exactly uh, what all it looked like. And, and uh, I talked the other night about, you know, growing a beard and stuff like that. And my wife said, you ought to grow a beard. And I looked at the, she said, you look like Charles Haddon Spurgeon if you grew one. I looked at Charles Haddon Spurgeon, I said, Man, I don't want to look like that. Man, I, I don't have it. I don't want to cover this up. Amen. I'm just kidding. Beard or no beard or whatever. But I do remember this. I do remember that night. Ever how, and I can't remember exactly, but I hadn't had a haircut. But you know what? When I walked in that place that night, they didn't judge me. They didn't look down on me. They just rejoiced with me. And I'm telling you, it was good, friend. It was good. And I remember walking across that gravel parking lot. I guess it was fresh gravel. And I was walking across that parking lot. I didn't know who Doug Brandon was. I didn't know who those people were. And the only guy I knew was the guy that took me that night. When I walked in that church, I'm telling you, I wasn't there to look down on nobody. I wasn't there to judge nobody. I wasn't there to ridicule nobody. I was there by the mercy of God. And I'm telling you, I cried. And I know sometimes people say, well, you're just big cry baby you. Hey, you ought not cry like that. You ought not carry on like that. Well, you may not be wired up like me, but I'm telling you, I remember just like they're crying out, they're lamenting in Babylon. Hey, there was a cry for something better. There was a cry for a better hope. There was a cry for a better life. And I cried out to God and got saved, and I never got over the mercy of God. I'm telling you, leave me alone. These people that get the can't help it, these people that rejoice, praise God, just let us have it, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Because you don't, I'm not judging you. I'm not looking down on you. But don't look down on some of us. If ever once in a while we begin to meditate on the mercy of God. And because God is merciful, you and I should be merciful. Amen. And just because you tell people what the Bible says does not mean that you're not merciful. As a matter of fact, Matthew 5, verse 7, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Amen. You first get saved, you'll throw the book at about everybody and you'll throw about everybody under the bus. But the longer you go, the more you will realize and appreciate the mercy of God. I'm not talking about going out and pitching drunk. Hey, listen, I'm not talking about going out and smoking dope. I'm not talking about those kind of things. But everybody in here has a propensity to go out and do those things again without the mercy of God. And I'm telling you, we ought to thank God this morning for his mercy that he saved us knowing where we were, knowing who we were, and knowing what we'd be after we got saved. Amen. I appreciate the mercy of God this morning. And that mercy, again, makes me want to live right and live a holy life because of his mercy. The Bible said there in Luke in chapter number 10, there was an unexpected traveler 
that fell among the thieves, and most of us know the story. They stole from him. They stripped him. They left him half dead on the side of the road. And there was a priest, and he came by and just looked at him. And there was a Levite that came by and just looked at him. And that's what religion will do. Religion will tell you to get up and do better, but you can't get up and do better. And I mean, even people who take the law and they'll say, well, you got to do this and God do this and God that, God do this. The law walked by. I mean, the priest came by. The Levites come by and said, buddy, you're in bad shape. You're in awful shape. And that boy there in the ditch, Brother Mike, he said, you're telling me, man. I mean, listen, but they couldn't come to him and help him. But the good Samaritan came by. Hey, came to where he was and lifted him up and lifted him out of that ditch. Praise God, sent him to the innkeeper and said, take care of him and I'll be back to get him one of these days and put it all on my account. Jesus said in Luke 10 and verse 36, which now of these three, thinkest thou, was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves. And he said, he that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. Amen. I tell you, I appreciate the mercy of God this morning. And it takes some reminding to be mindful of the mercy of God. It takes some reminding to go back and look. It'd do you good sometimes to look at some of your photo albums. It would do you good sometimes to go back and look at some of the things that you, I'm talking about after you got saved. And you look and you say, man, alive. I can't believe it. I had, I had my dippity-do haircut till I don't know, Amy. We got married, when was that, 99? We got married in 99. I still had the dippity-do. 99, honey, why in the world? Why in the world didn't you say, now listen, Randy, honey, I, I love you and everything, but the bouffant's got to go. The bouffant, Miss Jimmy, the bouffant. The bouffant hairdo. I had that old bouffant. That's good. I'm glad you don't know, Miss Jimmy. That, that bouffant, that's before your time. That's before your time. Man. I look back on those things and I'm like, man, alive. I think about the, uh, I, I took all my CDs and took them down to the pawn shop and sold my CDs and I was going to do something real spiritual with it. I sold my CDs, Brother Mike, and bought a Bible. I bought a Burgundy Schofield Bible from the preacher. And I was so proud of myself that I took my CD money. And I ain't going to tell you what CDs they were, but I promise you it wasn't the Happy Goodmans, all right? And so uh, it wasn't the Perspirations or nobody like that. And I took my CDs and went and bought a Bible. And I was so proud of myself that I took the CD money and bought a Bible with it. And years later, I got to think about it. I said, man, alive, 70 bucks. I couldn't afford 70 bucks. I could have borrowed $70 from the preacher. He'd let me pay him a dollar a year for the next 70 years. But I took my CD money. I was like, man, I should have burned those CDs. I shouldn't have never done that. Some of you have done that with you, with whatever, with your dress or with you, whatever it is that you're wearing. It'll, it'll get a little lower, uh, get a little higher, and, uh, and then it'll get a little lower, and it'll get a little higher, and it'll get a little lower, and just like a haircut, you'll go to nibbling here, and nibbling here, and nibbling here, and if you don't do right, praise God, it'll start falling out like it does right there. But I'm telling you, we need to remember where God brought us from. We need to be reminded this morning of the mercy of God. Not only the founder of that, but the freshness of it. 
Look what he's saying. He said, he makes his mercies new every morning. They're new, verse 23, every morning. I'm talking about fresh mercy. We need to be mindful of that today. God's mercy is not stale. God's mercy is not moldy. God's mercy does not put off a stench. God's mercy, it's not musky. It's not hard. His mercies are fresh. You know, that's why living for Jesus. People say, well, you know, that just seems all boring to me. Going to church all the time, that's all, that just seems so boring. Uh, going, to, going to church and, and reading your Bible and, and being around the people of God, that just seems so boring to me. I tell you, that's because you didn't, I don't, I don't guess you got what some of us got. I'm telling you, I know sometimes that life can get mundane, maybe. I understand that sometimes you can get in a rut and go through the motions. I guess every one of us have done that. But I'm telling you, when you are reminded of the mercies of God, when you're mindful of the mercy of God that this morning, you know, last night I was still working on this message at about 10 o'clock, and I, I wondered, I said, what time is it in Russia? And, uh, and I, uh, you know, I've got, I've got two women there in my life that kind of direct me. All right, amen. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I ain't going to get in the mess I got in Wednesday night. I promise you that. But I said, I said, Siri, I said, what time is it in Russia? It was, it was 6 a.m. in Russia. And so I'm studying this, Miss Jimmy, and I said, well, it's 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, Boulevard Watch Time, in the United States, but it's 6 o'clock in the morning in Russia. I thought, man, God is making mercy for Russians. God is making mercy for that ungodly crowd. God is making mercy for those people over there. Honey, you know if he's making mercy over there for the Russians. You know if he's making mercies over there for those that are in the Middle East that hate Christianity. You know if he's making mercy for people over in Kaplakistan. You know he's making mercy for me and you. I'm just telling you, he makes his mercies new every single morning. Every morning you need mercy, he's got it. Throughout the day, he's got it. He has the mercy. He said he makes his mercies new every morning. Back in the Old Testament, Exodus 16, you can read about where the Lord sent them manna to feed them from heaven. He did it day by day. And God didn't allow the Israelites in the wilderness to store up that manna except there on the Sabbath day. It had to be gathered every day. That means they could experience the Lord's mercy every day. When they went out there and they found that manna, they said, what is it? That's what it means. What is it? When they found that manna, I mean, they might not know what it was, but I'll tell you one thing, when they tasted of it, they said, you know what? That's good. That's fresh. It's not moldy. Some of them got in trouble and said, well, we need to hoard this thing up right here. I mean, we need to get all these things together. I think my daddy's got stuff from 19 whatever, 1919. I think my, I'm not kidding, daddy. I think you got some stuff. That Civil War house that you tore down uh, on Highway 53 years ago, I think my daddy's got newspapers from like 1889. Brother Mike, you remember those days. I think my daddy has got stuff. I mean, daddy don't throw away nothing. He don't throw away nothing. Amen. Brother Jamie, it's hard to get. Brother Jamie, I mean, listen, there's been things at the camp that's been used and reused and stuff like that. But I'm telling you, you don't have to hoard up God's mercy. 
You don't have to worry about it. Just like the manna was there every morning, the mercy is here for us every single morning. When you wake up in the morning and you get out of bed and you walk around your house, it is the mercy of God. Hey, when you go in there and drink you a good cup of coffee, that's why you drink your good drink of coffee. Say, Lord, have mercy. And listen, you say, why is that? Because he's making mercies new every single morning. That tells me there'll never be a day that goes by that God does not have mercy. Morning by morning, I wake up to find God's hand of comfort, and I knew I'd mess that up, of his hand in mine. And that's what he does every single morning. Just like the manna in the wilderness, which never run out, it didn't have to be stored up because God said, I got it for you every single morning. Today, this morning, right now, he has a mercy seat that's always open to the saint of God. Hebrews 4, 15, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, find grace to help in time of need. I've done with this last point. and come to the instruments, Brother Joe, Sister Adriana, if you will. Brother Joe, get us a song ready. Every morning. Now, if you believe that the world is, is a gazillion years old and all that, then I don't. All right, I'm just being honest with you. I don't believe that. I believe it's about, if you say about 6,000, what have you. That means there has been 2.2 million mornings. 2.2 million mornings since that morning. And he still created mercy. You say, mercy? Oh, yes. It was the mercy of God that came to Adam. And Adam didn't get judgment. Adam got mercy. And God's had mercy every day for anybody and everybody who will trust in his mercy. He said this. He said, great is thy faithfulness. His faithfulness is unfailing. Psalm 89 verse 33. Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take for him nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. His faithfulness and his mercy is unfailing. It's unchanging. And here we see in the text, it is unlimited. I end the message where we got started. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The writer of Lamentations said we need to recall that. We need to be reminded. We need to be mindful of the mercies of God. Let's everybody stand every head.